Okay, Nathan, I'm going to describe to you my view. Okay. I'm looking through a screen that probably should be pressure washed. (laughs) And I'm seeing a two-story brick building that probably should be pressure washed. (laughs) That was built probably in the 1400s and was probably a hospital in most of America's wars. And many of its patients are still dangling from the window. Oh, my God. Tell me what you see. I'm looking through an icy window. I am literally pressing my face (laughs) on a glass window. Okay. Staring at a ski lift that goes up thousands of feet. And I'm staring at a mountain. In Beaver Creek, Colorado, there's snow on this, uh, there's snow caps and cypress trees and pine trees. And right below me is a heated pool. Oh. Two huge hot tubs that I could literally jump off of the sixth floor balcony in an an, intoxicated state and probably still make it in one of the two. It would it would be a sweet dive into a one inch deep hot tub. It's not. It looks maybe about two inches or two feet. Two feet. Two feet. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, an on location podcast from Kentucky to Colorado to wherever you find yourself. I am Jonathan Carroll. I am Nathan Morris, and you are this you. Is you'll die trying. Yeah. Play it. Are you having some uh, some good R and R and R? Uh, and and R? Yes. Yeah, and R. We did a one, 100. It wasn't 100 minutes. It was 90 minutes, but it felt like forever. A massage. Oh. And I don't know what they did. I kept my eyes shut the whole time, but they are magicians. Yeah. They really are. I was rolling this way and that way and every which way. And next thing I know, I felt like a, a burrito. I felt like I was wrapped in aluminum foil. And placed in the oven at 425 degrees. Sweet lady Gloria, she's probably 55 years old, and she literally—you can tell—she cares about what she does. Yeah. So, That's yeah, awesome. I got I got overzealous, guys, um, gals. I, I so you have the men's, I guess, locker room, if you will, the women's area. And I go in there and I get my swim trunks on. I put my nice robe on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just kind of venture around. We've been here before to do this. We did a a spa day one time. And Mm -hmm. I went in the, I went in the, you know, like the sauna. Uh, I just was like, I'm not going to get in the hot tub. And then I was in my swim trunks. I was like, why did I do that? Because, like, now I'm going to, you know, just be lying on this bed getting a massage in wet swimming trunks. And that's, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is feeling, like, wet clothing on my body. It's, like, nasty. One of your biggest pet peeves is having a a nice deep tissue massage while wearing wet swim trunks. No, 
No, oh. just having wet clothes onto my body, pressing on my skin. It just feels weird and gross. Especially when it gets cold. Yeah. So, yeah. Any, any, I remember that from all my bedwetting days. I I, uh, I went in there and I was like, uh, you know, Megan's just modest. I'm not. And, you know, those little swimming trunks ended up on the floor and everybody was happy to go. So Miss Gloria in all your glory. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a pair. Yeah. So did y'all do a couple's massage or were you separated? Did. We were head to head. Yeah, that's so massage. sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah, it was awesome. I, good I for you all. Of it. Yeah, man. Well, and good for you. Fresh off of that. Thank you. I'm fresh well, off. What is I'm your, relaxed. What's your sweet wife doing while you are podcasting in Colorado? Oh, you know, she's uh, in the other room probably FaceTiming kids for the 15th time today. Probably the 100th time. Oh, mother's. Mothers are so Oh, my gosh. Mothering. The first day, she was fine. The next day, she's like, oh, I miss the kids. And then she FaceTimed. I think Wendy, her, my sister-in-law, is probably a little tired of having our that FaceTime ring sound off in her ear. So, Well, what's something you've learned about yourself while you're away on vacation? I actually don't really care about my phone as much as I thought I did. Oh, isn't that awesome? Yeah, it's been dead literally half of the trip. I'm not even going to yeah. lie. Good. Actually, I'm concerned it might not have half a battery. It has not had 100% since I've been here. I don't have very much on mine as it is. It's normal for you, though. Yeah, well, but isn't it amazing? Like, I have recently, uh, Sunday, two of our girls uh, were in a dance showcase twice on Sunday, three hours long each. It's six hours. I had my phone in my vehicle and uh, never thought about it one time. So during the showcase, all these people are on their phones, intermission, all their phones, text messaging, Snapchatting, and I'm just sitting there talking to my family because that's, you know, that's what you do when you don't have a phone to distract you. I am in love with not having my phone to distract me. Interacting with human beings. Did you see there was a, actually an article that, uh, actually wasn't considered an article, it was on the Today Show yesterday, and this anonymous donor sees these couples at a restaurant for prom. They're going to eat uh, before the prom and tells the server to go up to them and says, anything that you want, anything is on us. It's an anonymous person. However, you need to turn your phone in, phones into the server. So, you know, I don't know if it was eight or ten couples literally hand their phones to the server and they have just interaction, dialogue, conversations with one another. And uh, the anonymous donor said it was the most beautiful thing they'd seen in forever. Just human interaction. Mm. Pretty awesome. That is both beautiful and very sad. I think it's really sad. I think it's beautiful. I think it's really sad. Well, I I think that uh, it's interesting because I recently read an article that uh, disclosed some research recently. Uh, as late as 2018, saying that, and this is a disclaimer, I'm going to say something about sex. It will not be graphic, but it will be about sex. That couples, married couples, in the highest numbers recorded at the end of 2018 in this research uh, project, articulated that they are not having sex. And the researchers said that they think it's because of social media, streaming, and online gaming. Hmm. So, as we know, sex is only one kind of intimacy. And there are 
you know, probably millions of other forms of intimacies, not just for married couples, but for other relationships as well, family ones and friend ones and collegial ones. And it's because it is argued of our constant barrage and engagement with social media, streaming content, and gaming that we are no longer finding ourselves practicing intimacy with those people who are close to us, whether it be sexual or platonic in some other way. We are striving and longing for that heart and that thumbs up. And I think that that's taking the place of, you know, the, the reaction or uh, feeling one gets from a physical aspect. I mean, lying in bed next to your spouse and, you know, you see a picture you posted of the, snow-capped mountains, you know, the hearts just start popping up. I mean, when in all reality, I could have had my phone down and could have been holding my spouse's hand, uh, getting the same reaction, you, you know, as just we're substituting, I think is what's happening. Yeah. It's happening all the time. And so in our efforts to be connected, we are losing our connection. <laughs> how, how ironic is that? Yeah. Well, it was just a matter of time, right? And did you know also, since the Today Show is such a, a, a big resource for me as far as getting my information, Instagram has announced that they are entertaining the idea of removing likes. Yeah, I saw that in the Facebook uh, conference. Yeah, and that, that's, that's interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing if you're a, you know, a creator, then obviously it's important to – I don't know that it is important, but – it's going to be more important to have those numbers, but for someone, you know, maybe like your 16 year old daughter who she needs to turn that off or wants to turn that off because she doesn't want to be competing for likes with her, you know, her friends. Maybe yeah. it's a good thing. Right. I don't know, but it got me thinking I was, you know, and Brent facilitated this, you know, ladies and gentlemen, me being on location here in Colorado on location. I mean, I'm here on vacation. Dr. Carroll's on location. But being in Colorado, we were wondering, how in the world are we going to do this? And Brent was like, I'll facilitate this. We'll get it done. So thank you. I wish we could hear Brent. Yeah, I want to thank yeah. you, Brent. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Brent. Appreciate it. But this, I hope, ladies and gentlemen, shows you our intentions with, you know, consistently posting content that we believe it's thought-provoking, um, encouraging, uplifting. And uh, Dr. Curl, it's really funny, Dr. Curl, because this is the longest, <laughs> this is so stupid. This is the longest I've gone without seeing you. Yeah, I know. I haven't liked it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So you wouldn't have given it a heart on Instagram? Oh, I would have. Yeah, I heart all your stuff on Instagram. Oh, that's sweet. No, but I'm saying like this vacation as a whole, you said you don't like it, so you unliked it. Oh, no, I, I don't like that we don't get to hang out. I do like that you're on vacation because I do like it when I'm on vacation. It's awesome. It's nice. but Trying to you know, figure out a way to make a living vacating. <laughs> yeah. I, I, mean, I just do that. Yeah, I, I thought about what we're doing right now, and I think it's important. This is a really good time to acknowledge the fact that we can't do it alone. We can't yeah. do this, this life, this thing, this whatever. I'll speak personally. I can't do this podcast without you, Dr. Carroll, without you, Brent, uh, without you, our listener. But I can't yeah. do uh, anything alone. And I think from, and I think you can speak more to this, Dr. Carroll. But 
I think that people find this asking for help, assistance, guidance, um, a favor is weakness maybe. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, this this is exactly what we were talking about earlier, that I think at the end of the day, what we all want is to be known and to know another. I think that as a species, we are herding animals. We are social. That while we are invited to individuation, we are equally and naturally invited to a form of togetherness. And that togetherness, when healthy, can be such a redemptive part of what it means to be, to be human, to be with others in healthy, boundary, beautiful, life-giving ways. But I think that there is this myth, and by myth, I mean this story. The word myth really doesn't mean a, a falsehood. It means a, a narrative, a story that is woven. There's a myth that's been woven uh, since probably, well, certainly longer than this, but it became kind of on the forefront, sociologically speaking, I think, uh, in around the 1950s and 60s. Uh, And that is the myth, the story of the rugged individualist. You have heard people described as the self-made man, the self-made woman, the self-made millionaire. Right. The idea being that that person did what that person did on his or her own. And that is never true. There has always been a them to support the him or the her. There has always been a web, a network. It might be thin. It might not be connected. It might be distant. But nonetheless, there is a support system. Someone somewhere said, I believe in you. I will help you do this. This will give you a leg up. This will be the way to get in. Everybody has had opportunities provided to them, and those opportunities have not always been, could not always be because they themselves created them. So the story of the rugged individualist still is, it's barely breathing. I think we're experiencing the last gasp of the rugged individualist as in social media, we've realized that people are truly longing for connection. And I believe that we are better when we recognize that we are in need of connection, that we are in need of socialization, that we need a life alone, but we also need a life together. Why are people so scared? Why are people so fearful to ask for that? To say, I need you? Yes. I want to uh, ask you for help. Be with me. Um. I think it's back to our kind of underlying theme of vulnerability. I think people experience needing other people as a form of vulnerability, which to them means weakness. Now, we know, we've talked before, that vulnerability is the opposite of weakness. It's, it's our truest strength, being able to say, I need you, I need help. Would you help me? That's so strong. And how many things have you, have I been able to accomplish because we were willing to say, I can't do this on my own. Would you please help me? Like podcasting? <laughs> yeah. In Nashville and Colorado? Literally, I called Brent and I said, okay, once I get the password for the computer, I have no idea what to do next. Nathan always does that part. And, you know, he walked me through it, which is awesome. So, yeah. um, and thank you for that. So, I, yeah, it's, 
I have literally no problem saying I have no idea what to do next. And I don't think that that has been always the case, but I think the older I've gotten, the more I've realized it. I need to just name it, be honest about it, because you shorten the life of the problem and you extend the life of the solution, the sooner you're able to ask for help. Yeah, there's so much power in that too. It really is. Just be, man, I can't do this on my own. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? And why why do we want to? What do we want? Do we want the credit? Do we want people to think that we're great? I mean, I'd much rather think that we're we're better together. I'd much rather share that. You know, on, on award shows, I love to see when like 50 people go up to accept an award, you know, <laughs> like best actress, one person, uh, best uh, musical soundtrack, 128 people. And they all want to say something, you know, to their, uh, to their, their staff and their crew and their, and their spouses. I love that. That is such yeah. a beautiful picture that we're all in this together. None of us is in it alone. I think it's really cool to think about the fact that the things that we do, don't do, pass on, help with, can really bless other people. Uh, Speed, the movie Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock just celebrated its 25th anniversary. Did you know that before Sandra Bullock uh, was Halle Berry, she was offered the job and she turned it down. She turned it down because at the time the script only had the bus staying in a parking lot. And she thought that was weird and was stupid and didn't make any sense, but she regretted turning it down. Well, with her turning that down, it gave Sandra Bullock wow. her start. Yeah. So, so Sandra Bullock needed Halle Berry in order to get that leg up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really neat to think like that. I mean, opening the door for a human being can really yeah. bless them. Maybe they were thinking that the world was against them and no one was going to help them and look out for them. And they were thinking of her hurting, harming themselves and, you know, maybe opening the door, that kind gesture just gave them faith in humanity all over again. Yeah. In this world, we're not, we're not made, we're not built to be alone. We're not. We're really not. I think we're built to enjoy some alone so that we can build ourselves. But I think we're also built to be together so that we can build one another. There's the alone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just sitting here in this uh, resort, and I'm literally looking around. There is nothing, no one, just trees and prettiness. Like I think we've seen four people since we've been here wow. for two days. It's awesome. I didn't mean to cut you off because I can't see your face while we're talking in studio. I mean, normally I'm disrespectful and talk over you only a couple times, but I think I've done like 18 <laughs> since. <we've been> <laughs> it's okay. We can't right. see each other. No, I like this. I like this. I'm looking out, and I just see two people, and they're in uh, hazmat proximity suits uh, because okay. Owensboro is as if um, some nuclear bomb went off and everyone's gone. It's like a ghost town. Owensboro is like a ghost town. There's just no one out there. But um, what I do want to to say about all of that uh, has to do with um, God. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Dang, I'm so stupid. It's not your fault. Um, it's not it's your so fault. fault. It's not. It's Man. my fault. Now Halle Berry's going to get the role. I'm stupid. <laughs> it did have something to do with that. But at the end of the day, the point is, I have always wanted to be able to help someone. I've wanted to go high enough and I've wanted to help someone go higher. And there have been people who have uh, held their hands together, you know, clenching their fingers and putting their hands down by their knees so I can put my foot in that cup and they raise me up. I've had plenty of people 
to do that for me. And I have wanted to do that for others too. And uh, Nathan, I wonder if that's a part of why you love what you do so much because you're able to give people, especially younger people, opportunities. Absolutely. I have had so many people give me opportunity. I'll never forget. I mean, the whole reason that I met Brent was Dallas who loved filmmaking and I love filmmaking and I, you know, I'm just this dumb guy that wouldn't shut up about making films and we made this independent film. I never left and stayed in North Carolina and then Roy and uh, all the other people across the country that have done awesome things for me from my family, my uncle Steven to uh, Mike Everly, my father-in-law. I mean, so many people have given me the opportunity and I find myself wanting to, I actually was thinking about, that's funny that we're talking about that, uh, wanting to, give back and help other people, you know, and, and like even thinking like, man, how can I repay them? How can I, how can I help them? Right. How to do it. So, so what film did you make? Uh, I don't remember what it was called. Um, the stranger I never knew. Okay. There it was. Yeah. So Dallas Morgan, he's a very talented writer, producer, and up and coming director. He's done a couple of films, one of which is called sightings. He had this, little story it was called the stranger i never knew it was a short film and we shot it and uh it was over a two-week period and then Brent and the guys went back out on tour and i just kind of never went home and found myself you know helping them we just wow. saw the entire country so that's fantastic yeah it's pretty awesome But I was just thinking like you know like how do i repay them and i think we repay people by giving to other people helping other people, like in my profession, like death care or whatever care it is, I think we repay people by giving love to other people. Yeah. You know, because you can't put a monetary value on that. I mean, you can't. I mean, okay, so they let me stay in their house for 207 days. That would be, you, know, you just can't. You can't put a monetary value on it. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I don't think I'm done asking for help. That's for sure. No, uh, I'm not at and, all. And I want to make sure that people who know us know that they they can ask uh, for help too. Um, you know, there isn't a thing wrong with that. I think there's everything that's right about that. Uh, and I want to, uh, I think I just want to make that kind of a lifestyle. I wonder what things people can be encouraged to do on a daily basis to help people. Now, here's one of the sticky things about help. And I'm going to use a word that has uh, a lot of meaning for some people and has zero meaning for other people. So I will explain. I'm going to come back to it and explain it. It has been said that trying to offer help to someone who has not asked for help is one of the most patriarchal things that we can do. So the word is patriarchal. The idea being uh, male uh, dominated, male orchestrated, male oriented, male controlled culture. Uh, it's the culture into which, for instance, the Bible was uh, was written uh, and collected and produced. Uh, it was a patriarchal world. There are women in the Bible who don't have names; they don't have faces. They're just alluded to, but men in the Bible have names. You know, it's it's very obvious that it was a male dominated culture. 
Uh, whereas in other communities, even to this day, it's more of a female-dominated culture. You know, there are some people who might argue that in an African-American culture, um, there is a matriarchal sensitivity and, and kind of power dynamic. So when you're in a patriarchal world, you really, if you're not male and you don't have some sense of authority or power or resources, you really don't have anything. You have, you're dependent upon someone else. And so helping someone without asking for help, without their, their having asked for help, is our way of, in a sense, trying to control them. Isn't that interesting? So what may seem so gentle, genuine, and altruistic, here, let me help you with that, when they haven't asked for help, can be perceived as being very controlling. So it's really important that people take responsibility for themselves and ask for what they need rather than for us to assume that they need us. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I just thought of me helping someone with a name tag on vacation. I shouldn't have done it because I shouldn't have. I should have just said, hey, just take out that line because I knew what they were doing. Yeah. Dang it. Well, I'll do it all the time, you know, to Joy. Uh, she'll be doing something. I'll say, here, let me help you. And she's like, I totally got it. Like, I'm 100% fine on my own. I'm like, gah, so sorry. Do it all the time. Like, I think that I'm being helpful, but really I'm like, here, let me do what I think you should be doing. So here, let me do it and show you how you should be doing it. Like, that's kind of the subtle message that's completely unconscious to me at the moment, but very conscious to her. So she gently pushes back or maybe not so gently pushes back and says, no, I've got it, you know, kind of thanks, but no thanks. Um, but and I appreciate that. <laughs> She's not a violent person, but uh, maybe verbally or, uh, or with her eyes uh, does that. But I, I, I get it. And I appreciate that. Like I'm going to open the door for someone whose hands are full Um and they might say, you know, thanks, or they may not. I don't do it for the thanks. They might also say, you know, I could have done that. Like, you're right, you're right. Just trying to make it a little easier for you. I never forget in seminary, you know, seminary is a place where uh, all the social constructs that we all get used to in the kind of quote unquote real world is uh, they, they are all uh, flattened. And you have to really kind of be sensitive because people come from all over the place. They have different cultural values and milieu and, and moral centers. And I remember there was this one uh, woman kind of down the hall in the dorm and she was wrestling with some suitcases and stuff. And I walked in, I remember saying, I completely respect your strength and femininity and womanhood, et cetera. But if you were to ever need any help with anything, not because I'm stronger, but because maybe two heads and, and hands are better than one, whatever, I'm down here, just let me know. Like I was dying a death of a thousand qualifications, just trying not to be offensive while asking, do you need some help with that? And she just kind of laughed and she was like, if you're asking to help me, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Like, I'm not too proud to ask. I was like, oh, thank God. I didn't want to offend you. You know, but it was just, that's just one of those worlds where you have to kind of tiptoe around that stuff because it's very you know, it's an academic circle and it's ridiculous and that's how it is sometimes. But as a result, from then, I have always kind of nuanced my efforts to be helpful to people because maybe they don't want me to help. So I'll say, I'm always open to help you. All you gotta do is let me know. That's and in my I own do. world, I do that all the time. I say, if you need something, you have to ask for it. I'm not just gonna offer it to you. I do that with Christine. Christine's on my schedule and she's my apprentice, mine and Megan's, but a uh, female in the profession of, that we're in there's a lot of lifting and 
you know, uh, loading and unloading of cots and you have dead weight. And I literally stand back and she'll look at me and, and her look will be, can you help me? Or her look will be, I got this, but I'll stand back until, until uh, she asks for it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. So a couple of things uh, I want to announce to you all right. before you move on to probably something far more important than this no, is driving up to the mountains. All. We saw all these rams. It was really cool. Like these herds Ooh. of rams. So it was, Oh, I thought you were mean like pickup trucks, rams. Well, Megan, Megan talked about that. I Megan said like a ram's like Dr. Carroll's truck. Exactly. But we saw all these rams and they were in these herds. It was really neat. They were just running around like they own the interstate that's, you know, filled with fog and snow and semis that are going to just turn them into pancakes. But they didn't know when that hit. <laughs> and then the other thing was at the hotel in Denver. See, what we like to do is we like to hotel hop. It's the weirdest thing ever, but we'll spend the day here, two days here. It just kind of breaks up the, the I don't know, not that it gets monotonous, but it breaks it up a little bit. We were in uh, Denver, and just walking through the, the lobby are the, the Trailblazers, the entire NBA Trailblazers team, and some of the Nuggets because they had a game. Uh, that night, and that was really neat to see all the trailblazers just kind of hanging out, doing a, interviews in the lobby, and while well, I'm just standing there watching the, <laughs> the the door. What's that door called when you walk in and it spins? What's that called? Am I just that revolving door? There we go. Yeah, right. God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I bet you my. I bet you right now my my scene. I could literally my scene is hundred thousand times better than yours, Dr. Terrell. I will not take your bet because I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it is. And that's okay. Um, because I'm getting to enjoy it vicariously because I know you're enjoying it. So it reminds me of C.S. Lewis. Have you ever heard of C.S. Lewis? Um, yeah. He's a British uh, author and uh, professor of English literature and an atheist. Ended up coming to faith and he wrote a book called The Four Loves in which he talks about how important friendship is because I can love my wife, but when I see someone else enjoying my wife in conversation, I come to love my wife even deeper because I see someone else experiencing her too. And so I not only have affinity for that friend who is enjoying being in conversation with my wife, but I'm also enjoying my wife as well. So it's like our love deepens and we we do that uh, vicariously. Um, and so to some extent, I'm enjoying those mountains because I've, I've been there, I've seen them and I'm enjoying how much you're enjoying them. So that makes me very grateful that you're there. And I feel a little guilty you podcasting because I'm sure, you know, your wife had other plans for these few minutes, but. She came in to the room and was talking on the phone, and I looked at her, and I snapped at her, and then she just came back into the other room, and she looked at me, she goes, you snapped at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, I apologize to her, but I'm so grateful that we uh, that we got to talk. I do think that we're better together, uh, even across the miles. In, it, geographic distance does not equal emotional distance. So for those of you who have left your family 16 states behind in the hopes that you get rid of all your family troubles, the bad news is, that doesn't work. You carry your emotionality with you wherever you go. But for those of you who have emotional closeness and who are good friends or who are married to someone or who love people who are far away, geography 
doesn't define emotionality. And you can be just as close to someone even across the miles. And Brent has provided for us an opportunity to be together, even though we're uh, we're several hundred miles, more than that, thousand miles apart. One so, billion, uh, one billion six hundred twelve thousand miles apart. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it's, it, may, it may as well. It may as well be that. Yeah, yeah you're like are. sixteen suns away. You know the sun is 93 million miles from here? Did you know that at 9 o'clock it's still sunny here? Which would be 10 o'clock your time? Which is really 9 p.m.? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Well, I hope you will enjoy every single minute of that, except for the few minutes that you've not you know, been with your wife because you were with me. And uh, soak it up. Get the rest you need. I hope that those of you who are listening... Take a minute to give us a five-star review on your listening app. Also visit youldietrying.com, facebook.com forward slash youldietrying. And please know that Dr. Carroll, whose schedule is super busy, myself, who is on vacation, Brent, who could be doing everything, we want so badly for you to know that you are loved far more than you'll ever know. And we hope that this is us showing uh, that we're investing in you, letting you yeah. know that, hey, we can't do this alone. We need you. And I hope that you know by you needing other people, you can rely on us because we will be there for you. I know that that to be the case and I can speak for Dr. Carroll on that. Yep. We are better together, including including all of you. I appreciate it. Nathan, thank you for the time. Megan, thank you for the time. I'm Jonathan Carroll. I'm Nathan Morris. That is Brent Lane somewhere in uh, Studio Sphere. And this is You'll Die Trying.